Hey, Emily. Hey. <laughs> what day is it today? It's Thursday. Yeah, but okay, it drops on a Monday, but both of those are wrong. What day is it really? The night of the Democratic. It's Rem- Natter Day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking Natter Day, you guys. So I went to Quick Trip. I was going to do like a revisit of the Dusty Wine. Oh, God, really? But then I couldn't find the Dusty Wine. Because they removed it. Because they heard our podcast. (laughs) And then I turned around and it was like this chorus of angels started singing. Was a special light like shining down upon. Yeah. And they were all just like a little off key. Sure. They were drunk. They were drunk. (laughs) And there was the natural light natter days, strawberry lemonade mixed with natural light beer. (laughs) Also known as Natty Ice. Um, and uh, it has a flamingo on the package. It sure enough does. It actually, it has um, several on the some, can. Like, s- like nice packaging. I'm getting some real Island Boy flavor from this. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, we have not opened these yet. We have not smelled them. We haven't. We have not drank them. I was insistent that we must drink an entire one before we start. <laughs> We'll see how well that goes. Taylor's trying to kill me, you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You came to my house, bitch. Uh-huh. Let's get, let's do this. Let's fucking do this. Let's get natty. Let's get natty. <laughs> Title of the podcast. <laughs> oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> All right, sippies. Okay, wait, what's the smell? It's very sweet. It smells like gut rot. It really does. It it I can already feel I it can happening. Feel it. I'm gonna have so much heartburn. Yes. All right. For sips. Oh my god, why doesn't that suck? The aftertaste does. Okay, the the aftertaste is where the natty ice yeah. comes in. Uh-huh. But uh prior to that, it's really very strawberry lemonade-y, and it's not even because it's not even like a Mike's hard. It's not spiked, so it doesn't taste alcoholic in any way, which is probably a way to get real fucked up real fast. I can taste the natty in the very, you know, like on the back of your tongue and in your soft palate, you can mm-hmm. kind of just like, there's, there's the that beer. weird, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we gonna, are we gonna try to drink as much of this as possible before we start? Again. And then I'm gonna have to edit out 19 burps. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 54. Do you have a straw? No. <laughs> no, I don't have a straw. The fuck is wrong with you? I don't, I don't have my my straw that I take to work with me. You have I a, don't. I don't have it with me. You have a straw, though, that you take to work? Yeah, I like drinking stuff out of straws. I don't... And it's a special straw? Is it like a twisty metal. boy? Oh, so you're like saving the environment. Yeah. I get you. Okay, that's and fine. And then I have like silicone straws for like when I'm feeling feisty. Oh, sure. And you want them to bend a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I was thinking that maybe you had some of those like goggle straws. Not, no. That you wear. Do you, do you have those? Do you have the ones Not that anymore. you wear as glasses? <laughs> Bitch. I used to. We're going to have to get those. <laughs> okay. It's the only way to drink these All from right. now on. Oh, God. All right, dink it. We're drinking these again? I mean, okay. you've got a 12-er. I have a 12-er. <laughs> when but are also you going cat to... exists. Oh, she will probably drink these. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. It's really cold. Yeah. I'm super bad at chugging it's things so when they're cold. cold. This is why I like... And it's really sweet. 
you and I have both shotgunned an, a few beers. Yeah. Like we are not either of us big shotgunners, but we I did, did not sort do of, it well. <laughs> need, I've never done it well. I've not, not once. I've never finished the entire beer. It's too fucking cold. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> but we did get pretty good at it last year. We had to shotgun a number of beers for reasons. <laughs> Several. A shotgun for the show before the anniversary show. Mm-hmm. And then on stage shotgunned at your fucking wedding. Uh, yep. We shotgunned um, prior to saying our vows at our wedding. Yeah. Because, uh, because yes. Oh my God. Whew. So speaking of our Patreon. Holy uh, shit, you guys. Oh my God. We have, <laughs> we have some patrons who have been incredibly generous. So generous. And have helped out so much already. You guys are amazing. And uh, part of whenever you become a patron, whether you're donating $1 a month all the way up through 10 and actually we have one person who went beyond 10 a month, um, regardless of what you... Overachieving cult leader. Real shit. Regardless of what you donate, we give you a shout out on the podcast. So thank you first to um, Ashley Black, who Mm -hmm. is a supporter of ours, who is the reason we got a Patreon in the first place. Yep. You are amazing. We love you very much. You are the ultimate cult leader of our yes. hearts. Yes. And our liquor cabinet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one? Dan Alexander. Yes. Is a fantastic person. Yes. We know him personally yes. and he has been very He's supportive. Very supportive. Time. He's fabulous. He was someone who very early on kind of asked like how to support us. We were like, I don't know. We have no idea. We don't know what we're doing. Well, yeah. <laughs> we figured it out. Yes, and he really is supporting yeah. us. So that is Thank awesome. You. Yeah, and our third is also a personal friend of ours and a very supportive person, um, Mort Langford. Mm-hmm. He is just a friend of ours, and he's awesome, and we love him. And we've done podcasts with him in the past, and uh, we appreciate his support. Y'all are really killing it out there. And uh, if you guys want to donate, we are at patreon.com slash uh-oh feeling yes i'm pretty sure it's uh-oh feeling no dash uh-oh feeling i yeah. just checked thank you i was like oh god i know where this is going i <laughs> so, mean like flashbacks right, when i exactly. used to do all the social media ones right so patreon.com slash uh-oh feeling you can be a donor for any amount a month that you're comfortable with One all the dollar. way down to a dollar yeah we appreciate it we super do yes this is really gonna help us Holy build crap. up stuff It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Is there anything else before we get to our awesome stories? No. And I keep burping? Yeah. I just will never stop. This is your own fault. Actually, I'm still not done with this, so that's the last thing. All All right. right. We can finish this. Let's do it. It's so cold. It's so cold. And it's so sweet. It's so fucking sweet my eyes are like watering from the sugar 100 percent gut rot in a can right here you heard it here first maybe don't drink this stuff what up it's natterday are you ready to fucking do this all right Whew. Okay. okay we did what we set out to do we are gonna open another one and then you are going first this week Oh, you brought this. This bitch, <laughs> this bitch gets out of her car halfway down the block and shouts at me. Close your eyes. Are your eyes closed? 
are your eyes closed? And I was like, no. And then yes. So I close my eyes. She walks into my house, has to close and lock my door for me, mm-hmm. and then lead me into my own house because, because I couldn't open my eyes yep. to see the natty. Yep. <laughs> you deserve everything that's coming to you. You were the one who suggested chugging it. I was fine with just sipping it no, and maybe having like one. That's not how we do natter days here at this house. That's not how this goes. Um, I'm super glad to hear about this. You said that yours was the subject of a drunk history at one point. Yeah. And I have by no means seen all of drunk history, but I love it. You might also be familiar with this story. Ooh, okay. It's kind of famous in a not famous way. It's like hipster famous. Oh, oh God. Okay. For like history hipsters? Yeah. Okay. I bet Jake knows. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, probably. All right. I'm excited. So it's kind of timely with the debates tonight. Oh, yeah. And the whole corrupt president in office. Oh, you mean that guy? That yeah, guy? That, that guy. That guy that will, uh, will one day hopefully be indicted for major crimes? Yeah. Cool. That one. So let's talk about a different president that was indicted for major crimes. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I'm so I'm excited. I'm going to talk about Watergate, <laughs> but like Watergate adjacent. I feel like Nixon could have done better. <laughs> callback that's a callback <laughs> um oh my god i'm so excited please and thank you i'm gonna start with a quote yes this time i'm excited because no yeah. one's dead in this. no one's like, dead that's really good. no one's dead <laughs> why do they always call me outspoken she wondered can't they just say i'm frank hi frank i'm dad <laughs> i revoke your natter day privileges absolutely not <laughs> But also, that is a great quote. Um, This sounds like a badass lady. Yes. Good. Today, we're going to talk about Martha Mitchell. Nice. Who was a political socialite and an early Watergate whistleblower. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Born Martha Elizabeth Beale Mitchell, once married. Sure. Um, She was the wife of John Mitchell. United States Attorney General under President Richard Nixon. Wow, okay. She became a controversial figure when her outspoken comments about the government at the time of the Watergate scandal shed some light on some things. I think you mean Frank comments. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Awesome, awesome. She sounds great already. I missed a name. Martha Elizabeth Beale Jennings Mitchell. Jesus. Sorry, uh, she's from the South. Yeah, so they just tack on names on names on names. She was born in Pine Bluff, Arkansas on September 2nd, 1918. Sounds like a hell of a place. She had a house servant. Oh, yep. Okay. Called Mammy. No. Yes. No, no, no. Yes. No, that's the most stereotypical, most horrible thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I read it and I almost walked away. It's it's yeah, fine. It's fine. Don't worry. So she grew up with her house help, Mammy, and played with Mammy's children. Sure. And went to private school and had a great life until the Great Depression. Sure. At which point she got moved to public school. Things weren't as good. Sounds about right. But like she kept her spirits up. She had her quote under her senior high school yearbook picture 
<clears throat> was love its gentle warble. I love its gentle flow. I love to wind my tongue up and I love to let it go. Whoa. I can't say that serious. I love to wind <laughs> my tongue up and, and I, I love, love to, to let, let it go. go. Um, is she just talking about just like saying whatever I she wants? I think so. Because that's the best actually. Yeah. It's incredible. But also the image it paints is um, if you live in the gutter. Mortifying. Like I do. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, number one thought was the gutter. Number two was like a corkscrew tongue. Like if you could turn your tongue around like three times in a row. Your corkscrew tongue doesn't warble though. <laughs> and then just release it like one of those propellers on a rubber band. <laughs> like a frog. <laughs> okay. Everything's fine. Fun fact. Ooh. Good. <laughs> yes. Thanks. She refused to curtsy to Queen Elizabeth II at a garden party in July of 1971. Holy shit. Saying, quote, I feel that an American citizen should not bow to foreign monarchs. Yo, yo. I mean, okay, people be saying that all the time here. But, like, she fucking did it. Because every one of those people who's like, they shouldn't be bowing to the queen, yeah. would bow to the queen. Yeah. They would. Yeah. You would see that in all the pomp and circumstance, and you'd be like, yeah, I guess. Oh, like, okay. holy shit. Okay. So, she got called out by Scotland. Scotland's like, hey, <sighs> fuck you. <laughs> Scotland's Earl of Lindsay, a member of the Queen's bodyguard for Scotland. Oh. Wrote. <laughs> of course. I mean, he was all in letters at yeah. the time. Mitchell, a letter of reprimand. How dare you? Uh -huh. And then in a statement to the press said, there is always hope she may learn some manners. She is a stupid woman. Oh. If she is going to shout her mouth off like that, she is bound to get shouted at. I mean, imagine that with a Scottish accent. I can't do a Scottish oh, yeah, accent. No, that's fine. Um, everyone go back 15 seconds. Rethink through that with the bad, with Scottish, like a accent bad Scottish accent you have in your head. Yeah. <laughs> also foreshadowing. Oh, she seems to me like already like somebody who can dish it out, but also take it. Yeah. That's awesome. Also, side note, John Mitchell was her second husband. She'd been married before, but he was a traveling salesman and it wasn't good. Oh, okay. And she'd done like some really badass stuff. Like she was one of the first people, um, one of the first like nurses kind of for the Red Cross and had like the most hours of like service. Wow. So like, she, was she was hardcore, like really volunteer, wanted to help people. That's awesome. She sounds great. Yeah. Um, so John Mitchell had met Nixon professionally, became a friend, and then a political associate, became his attorney general after his 1968 election, and that made them move to Washington, D.C. Sure. That's a big fucking deal, attorney general? Yeah. Damn. So they moved into the um, <clears throat> fashionable... Ooh. Watergate Apartments. Oh, man. Estima <laughs> estimated at the time to be worth $140,000. Like a year? Which I think that was like, like the outright purchase price. Okay. it's So that's a house price which there. Which is about $1,3200,182,000.18 in today's Holy market. Holy shit. That is so much money. That is so much money. Also, what year was this? They moved in in 1968. 
man, money has gotten crazy yeah. in 50 years. Yeah. 60? No. 60? Six, six, I guess. 60. The 60s seem like they should be a lot further away. Than yeah. Th- that they old. are a lot further away than they feel like they are. Anyway. We're getting old. Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> Everything's bad. Anyway. Okay. So, inflation. They were rich. Yes. Cool. So, Mitchell, Mrs. Mitchell, <clears throat> mm. first came to national attention after she remarked to a television reporter that Washington, D.C. peace demonstrations that were held in November of 1969, Vietnam War, guys, um, reminded her husband of a Russian revolution. Oh, shit. She told a reporter that. Because he probably was like, man, this is reminds me of the Russian revolution. Yeah. And she was like, I oh. will tell the press. Uh? <laughs> yeah, gonna gonna remember that one. Jesus. Honey. Your husband. Yeah. He's important. Yes. The statement widely viewed as indiscreet. Yeah. (laughs) Indiscreet is the nicest (laughs) way of putting that. I love that. Increased her notoriety and coverage in the media. She basically like became a household name through like her connections and just her unabashed readings of people and situations i would love to be known as just like that bitch who never shuts up yeah <laughs> like on a national scale yeah so in addition to having a lot of celebrity connections mm-hmm. martha also had a network of like reporter friends oh sure like, yeah they'd come over and dish the goss yeah one of her literal like one of her favorite hobbies was calling them up and giving them an earful on the latest, like, scandalous political chatter. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's the opposite of what you do. I love her. She was great. (laughs) And she, like, always had an inside scoop. Of course. I'm sure she's listening at all the walls. (laughs) She um, had a habit of listening in on her husband's phone calls and meetings. Do you have anything on what the husband thought of this? Because he seems like he'd be driven insane by this woman. He was woman. still with her. I mean, he must he love her. He knew she liked to talk. Right. He's so, like, like, he did his best to keep some information from her. I don't know. What can you say? That's my wife. And, like, <laughs> if it was an important meeting or call, he didn't do it at home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure after a while he'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't. My my wife is crazy. <laughs> here (laughs) my wife is here right now and that's unacceptable yeah state secrets cannot be heard by this woman so (laughs) by the following year in november of 1970 a gallup poll indicated that 76 percent of americans recognized who she was damn she made the cover of the time magazine in an issue about the most influential women of washington damn and during this time she grew her own renowned as it were as an outspoken socialite and made regular appearances on like talk shows and variety shows like she was out in the public view and it, none of this makes her nervous it seems like she just is no. out and it's totally fine her frank and uncensored talk yes <laughs> usually in support of republican issues sure led her to be nicknamed martha the mouth or the mouth of the south holy shit Oh, I can only imagine that fucking Arkansas accent, too. Oh, yeah. Woof. Amazing. Now, John Mitchell, again, 
super trusted member of Nixon's inner circle. Uh-huh. Like, BFFs, what up, bro? Resigned as attorney general in 1972 to become director of the committee to reelect the president. Oh, okay. That makes Officially sense. abbreviated CRP. Yep. Also known as creep, which is how I'll be referring to it. So then June of 1972 happened. Okay. When five men were caught breaking into the Democratic National Committee offices and Watergate office complex in what? Washington, D.C. What? I've never heard God, of this. I know. I've never heard of this. Oh, do I've, go on. I have no. Was it the um the Ashford scandal? Is that what it's? Um, uh, no, the I think Nixon, it had something. The Nixon. The river fence. Uh huh. Scandal. Uh huh. <laughs> the river rock bumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We uh, now know these men were absolutely on the presidential payroll. <laughs> yep. And that this was their second time. <laughs> Breaking into the DNC office. I forgot about that. Uh Uh-huh. I super forgot about that. (laughs) When they failed at tapping the phones. Right. But got some papers. Who are these these bumbling idiots, by the way? Oh, God. I didn't write down their names. Because I'm like, I'm not. It's fine. I have one of their names. I don't know enough about. plays in. Oh, sure. I don't know enough about Watergate to know if, like, like, what level staffers these were. Like, well, one of them was his wife's old bodyguard. Okay. You think that person has some training in yeah. just like covert shit? Yeah. Wow, they were bad at it. <laughs> they were. I mean, it's just like, it's like everything you hear of like the failing to tap the phones, the flashlights being seen from windows. It's like, you fucking idiots. Yeah, you bumbling fools. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, if you want to take a look, see, see what you find on who they were. Because, like, I wasn't, I'm, like, I'm not talking about, like, super right. Watergate. That's not what this story is this about, This is really. Watergate light. Right. It's like when we do a story about someone who survived a serial killer. Yeah. The serial killer's not really the story. All you need to know is they were caught coming back trying to fix the faulty wiretap that they had originally set up. Dumb fucking stupid asses. Dumb asses. <laughs> While this was happening, Martha and her husband were in California. Oh, okay. Alibi. Yeah. She heard the attorney general receive a call informing him of an arrest of the burglars. And then they got a call back saying like, hey, you need to be aware of this as the creep chair. Sure. Right. Because this this has implications on the president. Yeah. You you run his committee to be reelected. Okay. He feared how his, quote, histrionic wife histrionic histrionic could, oh my god okay whatever might <laughs> react to the news given that one of the men arrested james mccord had once served as her bodyguard hey don't tell your wife was that like the idea? and like he was worried because she'd like gotten to know him sure and had grown fond of him so They'd she bonded sure so she hears like he was part of this criminal plot yeah she's so start he's like she can't know she finds out. Of course she fucking does. Of course. Who are we talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> but like her husband had tried really hard to just like make sure. But the way he did it was burp. <laughs> the way 
The way he went about it was really fucking bad. Is this story men are dumb? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, good. So immediately after Watergate, her husband enlisted the help of a former FBI agent named Steve King to prevent her from learning about the break-in. Okay. Okay. And to stop her from contacting reporters. I love this. I, I'm sorry. Like, they just, I have to watch this woman. Yes. <laughs> so good. They just, they wanted to make sure she was under control. <laughs> of course, uh, they didn't keep her quiet. No, of course not. We wouldn't be here today. No. She got a hold of a newspaper, saw his name. Of course, it's like the only headline. <laughs> saw that. Also, her husband had lied publicly about whether McCord worked for Creep. Oh, no. That would be... That's really bad. Yeah. So she tried to call her husband to get an explanation, but was shut down by a Nixon aide because he was back in Washington. Oh, shit. Okay. Frustrated, she decided to call her reporter BFF, Helen Thomas of United Press International. Nice. Who she normally had chats with about the ongoings of the socialites. Sounds like another nasty woman yep. that we're going to like. Yep. But here's the thing. She barely started talking about the, quote, dirty politics going on when Steve King, the former FBI dude, uh-huh. literally ripped the phone out of the wall. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Shit gets serious now. Oh, my God. So no one can say exactly because it's all like he said, she said. Sure. Of like what happened. But Mitchell recounts her experiences to an English journalist named David Frost. Remember that name? Frost Uh Nixon. Uh Yeah. I've Uh seen that movie. That was dope. Yeah. By her account, she says she was held captive in the California hotel for four days during which she was forcefully sedated by a psychiatrist after a physical struggle with five men that left her needing stitches, and she was also kicked by Stephen King. Holy by shit. By Steve King. Holy shit. Full name Stephen with a P. Right. P-H. Stephen King, the author, has nothing to do with this. Yes. First thing I get out of that is that they had to sedate her because five men couldn't keep yeah. her down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, like, at one point, like, Steve King, like, somehow puts her hand through a window, which is why she needed the stitches. Holy shit. So shit gets really serious right then and there. Shit gets really fucking serious. Damn. Like, they are ready to basically kill her to keep her quiet. Yeah, we'd rather you die than us have to explain that than you let all this shit out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they then do an assassination of character... Of course. When all of this spoiler alert is she crazy? Doesn't work. Oh, oh, good, good. Do they say she's crazy? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Nixon aides, in an effort to discredit her, tell the press that she has a drinking problem. Oh my god. When she had begun contacting reporters about like her husband's role in the scandal, and then what she went through. Um, a little more information on like what she went through. Mm-hmm. She says every time she tried to escape, the guard caught her. Um, quote, 
From then on, I saw no one allowed no food and literally kept a prisoner. Holy shit. At more than one point, again, things got physical. Um, and it was during one of her escape attempts that he put her hand through a glass window. Whoa. And oh yeah, she says he came into my room while the doors were closed and I was undressed. So like no boundaries, yeah. no respect. No, they don't give a shit anymore. No. She is their prisoner. Yes. And she recounts that King had called a doctor who walked into the room without saying a word to Mitchell. He and King threw her onto the bed and he held her down while the doctor removed her pants and administered a tranquilizing shot to her butt. Christ. Yeah. Oh my God. Who the fuck is that doctor? Yeah. How's your Hippocratic Oath going? Is that doctor? (laughs) Seriously. So after her release, she went to the she went to the press. Like, yeah, yeah, duh. Yes. What did they think you would have to kill her? There's no way. Yeah. There's no way you'd stop her. Press coverage was light. No one was paying any attention to her. What? What? Yeah. Was it because of the Watergate shit going on as well? Uh, she's trying to help. But she was one of the first people to suggest the cover-up went all the way up to the Oval Office. Wow. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It wasn't heard. So. This poor woman. Two years passed between the Watergate break-in and Nixon's resignation. Mm -hmm. And... In response to the smear campaign that Nixon's aides were doing, she wrote an incensed letter to Parade. Oh, man. To, quote, second the record straight. She laid out exactly how she'd been detained and physically abused and ended the letter with, I will not let these lies be told. Damn. She continued to call her friends in the media, including White House reporter Helen Thomas and told Helen they're not going to get away with this. Like she kept trying. That's good. That's awesome. So after being held hostage from the hotel, she flew back out East where she was taken to the Westchester country club in Rye, New York. So not back to Washington. Right. And she gave her husband an ultimatum. Either he resigned as Nixon's campaign manager or she would leave him. Shit. Oh, shit. Yes, woman. Yes. Yeah. John Mitchell stepped down. Nice. Saying he wanted to focus on his family. Uh, Yeah, focus on my wife not leaving me. Uh Uh-huh. Damn, he loved her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She told Helen Thomas, we have been suffering. I love him very much. He loves me because I've stood up for him. But he is defending the president who planned the whole goddamn thing. I'm under surveillance day and night. I'm no fool. Wow. Oh, my God. Unsurprisingly, their marriage doesn't work out. <sighs> That's too bad. I kind of thought, like, maybe. Yeah, like, that hope against hope that. Mm-hmm. That, like, they would, they'd just be able to look at each other and be like, we are more important than this bullshit that's going on. Nerp. Nerp. Mm-hmm. So, Nixon later tells David Frost. In 1977. In a truly epic interview. And remember that date, guys. 1977. That's a long time afterward. That Martha was a distraction to John Mitchell. 
such that no one was minding the store. And, quote, if it hadn't been for Martha Mitchell, there'd have been no Watergate. Whoa, holy shit. Just men blaming women for their actions. I was going to say, I believe that Deep Throat was a thing. Yeah. Just going to, real quick. Just throw that out there. And, like, Martha deserves real credit for getting there before Deep Throat and for trying to tell people. Yeah. Like, not stopping, no matter what. Maybe if she just, like, assumed a moniker. Maybe. She just, that does not read like her style at all. No. She was just, yep. No, this is me. I'm saying this. Yeah. You can't. You're going to know who the fuck said it. Yeah. You will not silence me. You can literally keep me as a prisoner and tranquilize me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell someone. Shut me up. That's so amazing. You're just delaying when I tell someone. Right. Yes, exactly. And you're just making it worse. They thought they were going to scare her. Yeah. Into silence. Opposite happened. (laughs) They don't know that bitch. No. (laughs) That is amazing. So because of all of the allegations happening and the smear campaign and everyone saying she has a drinking problem and that she's out of control and just awful, awful things, Mm -hmm. her life basically falls apart. Her family abandons her. Oh, no. Except for her son, Jay. John Mitchell moves out of the home. um, And the subsequent divorce proceedings weren't good. Nasty one. Yeah. Uh. They were considered the Washington darlings. Oh. Because she's like this blonde, bombshelly, like big personality. Sure. Very charming, like... Everybody loved her. The it couple. Yeah. Sure. It was, the divorce was discussed very widely by the press, including stories of Martha throwing John's clothes out the window. Oh God, I believe it though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) She would. (laughs) Fuck yeah. And she wouldn't give a shit if anyone said anything. The only bright spot for her was that Nixon didn't get away with this. Because in 1974... Amid the impeachment proceedings, the president gave a very famous televised address announcing his resignation. Uh-huh. In 1975, John Mitchell was convicted on five counts for the cover-up. Yeah. And served 19 months in federal prison. Shit. I'm surprised he served. Yeah. Holy shit. Martha said later, four years ago, we had everything and now we have nothing. And now we get sad. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. By 1976, she had passed away at the age of 57 from rare bone cancer. Oh. But that's rough. she got to see Nixon get his comeuppance. Yes, that's true. And that pansy ass little bitch of a man could only talk ill of her after she was dead. I was, okay. That's why she I remember the date. She died in 76. The Frost He Nixon. gave that interview in 1977. Oh my God. And shit on her when she yeah. couldn't defend herself anymore. Right. Oh my God, what an ass. What a fucking piece of absolute trash. <laughs> I hate Nixon so much. I feel like Nixon could have done better. <laughs> I just, my God. <sighs> yeah, that's intense. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, so, woof. Her legacy is obviously. Not the cleanest because you've still got people that perpetrate the lies, such right. as James Rosen, who in his 2008 book, The Strong Man, 
John Mitchell in The Secrets of Watergate wrote, oh, so, oh no. Quote, this, oh no. After Watergate, critics of the Nixon administration depicted Martha Mitchell as a brave lady surrounded by evil but determined to tell the truth. But Rosen, prominent reporter for a <clears throat> conservative outlet, oh, shocking. Somehow surprisingly relied on gender tropes to take Mitchell down. Weird. Calling her a quote, sick, mean, and ignorant woman roiling with vanity and insecurity. Wow. He quoted a friend of hers stating, quote, oh God, she was awful, an awful woman. And another who described her as wanting attention and having, quote, a bouffant hairdo that went all over the place. Oh, for Christ. Yeah. Just put her down in every way you sure. possibly can. Yeah. Yep, sure. Yeah. Rosen, who has um, since left Fox, I mean, the conservative news outlet that he worked for, <laughs> amid allegations of, wait for it, sexual harassment. Oh, weird. So maybe he wasn't cool about women generally, huh? Went so far as to justify the capture and sedation of Mitchell. No, 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 no. She was, he argued, a hysterical woman. He used the word hysterical. He did. Oh, that is upsetting. Yeah. That is so fucking shitty. So I'm sure as we're like tying up the loose ends, you might be thinking to yourself, but what about that FBI agent? Steve King? Steve King. What about him? Did well, he die of rare bone cancer too? Because that'd be not. cool. Fucker. He went on to have a very illustrious career in chemical manufacturing. And in 2017, President Donald Trump appointed him ambassador to the Czech Republic. So he's still kicking. One. Fucker. And he's now... Ambassador to the Czech goddamn Republic. He shouldn't be anything, but at least it's not like... A bigger job than that, I guess. Be the ambassador to my left nut. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck him. Seriously, fuck him, though. For real. Like, he is literally... He should be in prison. He should. He should have, like, done time. But Mm -hmm. again, it was the 70s, and any form of abuse against women wasn't... Let alone one that the state literally wants to be abused. Yeah. They want they, no, her to be this, abused. Nothing's going to be done. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Psychologists use the phrase the Martha Mitchell effect. Whoa, really? Yes. So she has a, like a bit of a legacy from this, even if everything else is shit. Uh-huh. Um... It's the process by which a psychiatrist, psychologist, or other mental health clinician or medical professional labels the patient's accurate perception of real events as delusional and misdiagnosis accordingly. Wow. Okay. So that can be people saying they're being pursued by organized criminals, being surveilled by law enforcement, infidelity, physical issues, especially with invisible symptoms, which is something I've experienced with doctors sure of being called a liar right when i had gallstones <laughs> sure so this type of thing happens to women a lot yeah they just don't get believed by professionals yeah, yeah. and it it goes on to be like patience and i'm like no no let's let's say what it is women mm-hmm. may be diagnosed as delusional when their grievances concern healthcare workers and or healthcare institutions 
even when a patient has no history of delusion. Yeah. Yup. So, I mean, she's got a thing named after her, I guess. I mean, it's, it's good that they've recognized that as a thing. Yeah. It's nice. But either way, she was fucking right. Yeah, she was. She was absolutely right. And she was trying to save her husband who was she, lying yeah. on record for the president. Yeah. And like he got indicted for lying and then served time. She was trying to save him from she that. She just like needed to call Woodward and Bernstein instead of her her friends. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, they like fucking broke the story. Yes. Wide open. Yes. If only with... if only her friends had been them. But also that's dudes. It's dudes on dudes it's on dudes. Dudes, it's dudes, it's dudes. It, it doesn't mean, like, if Woodward and Bernstein had fucking heard from her, if they had gotten a call from her, would they have listened? It's impossible to know. Maybe because of her status. Maybe, but also she has a reputation as being, like, a talker. Yeah. So, like, they could have been like, oh, this bitch again. I'm not printing something based on her word. But then co- corroborated by Deep Throat. Right. I can never say that word corroborated. Corroborate. 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 Supported by Deep Throat. A dude. <laughs> we assume. I think, didn't didn't the identity of Deep Throat get revealed? I feel like it did at one point and I don't remember. Now I want to go back and watch Frost Nixon to see if they even bring it up in the movie. Probably not. It, prob- it seems like an extra thing they might not put just for the plot. Yeah. You but, know, women. Yeah. And well, and like, uh, yeah, like obviously they'd have to go into a whole thing. Yeah, they'd have to like do a whole explanation. Mm. Oh, so yeah. Wow, Martha Mitchell. Martha Mitchell fucking killed it. I'm the, mad. I'm gonna get really lighthearted for you. Okay, because I'm like really mad. Yeah, I totally get it. I'm on board. This and has just, like, no political. There's nothing political. Cool. About this. I regret doing this. Like, I'm really glad I did this, but no, also, really like, good. I loved also, it. I'm thinking about, like, the Democratic debates tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready for some? Just I'm glad we're aligned on it. that. Yes. Let's this go. This is like a palate cleanser. Okay. All right. So, we've all heard stories that involve messages in a bottle. <gasps> I almost fucking did this one. I'm going to need you to not talk about it. I almost. I've got this. multiple thingies here, but the la- the most recent one I was worried you'd probably seen because it's been in the news. I literally emailed the link to myself. Oh shit! I I'm so glad you didn't did do it. it. When you said historical shit, I was like, okay, we're good. Because I almost asked. Oh my god, we <laughs> I, almost had our first overlap. Oh my god. Okay, because it is cool though. It is it's really so cool. cool. It, okay, so I've got some background. I've got a couple of stories. The last one is a very recent story. It's very, very cool. recent. It's very cool, guys. So based on the fact that I was going to literally say, but Emily, did you know that people use them in real life? Messages in a bottle? Yes, yeah. you yeah, do. Yeah, I do. Because you read the same story as me. Yeah. So sometimes these things were used as a means of seeking rescue. Sometimes as a final goodbye to the world that they knew they'd be leaving soon. For instance, just as some background, Jeremiah Burke was 19 when he boarded the Titanic with his sister. Oh, no. And when the ship was going down, we're he back wrote, on that shit. Right? <laughs> back on my McBullshit. <laughs> when the ship was going down, he wrote a short message and slipped it into an emptied bottle of holy water that his mother had given him for did the it, trip. Did it say, it's going down. I'm yelling timber. 
that's where that lyric comes from, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. The message actually read, from Titanic, goodbye all, Burke of Glanmire, Cork. Oh. So basically just goodbye all, and then his name and where he's from. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A year, this is what's weird. A year after that bottle was cast into the sea, it washed ashore at a place called Dunkettle, because this is England. Mm-hmm. And was found by a coachman a mere few miles from Jeremiah's family's house. Oh, shit. Like, they live over there. The bottle, the bottle tried washes. to find them. The bottle yes. is sentient. Seriously, it's so crazy. So they believed that from this, they recognized their son's handwriting. So, like, this is one of the ones that, as far as messages in, in, a, in a bottle go, like, it's not fake. Because the family was adamant. This is their son's handwriting. Yeah. This was his real message. And that message is still on display in a museum in England today, which is cool. Similarly, a passenger aboard the Lusitania, when it was struck by a <sighs> torpedo on what May is it 7th. With human ships? <laughs> For those who don't know, the Lusitania was struck by a torpedo on May 7th. It was on its way from New York to, I want to say, somewhere in England. Mm-hmm. And it was struck by a German U-boat. Yep. It went boom, boom. It went straight up boom, boom. The ship went ouch, ouch. Yes. It was bad. Um, over a thousand people died. Yeah. It was It was super not good. And it's the reason why America joined World War One. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone was like, You hey, sunk wow. our not battleship. Yeah. Our legitimately Literally not battleship. not battleship. It was civilians. a passenger ship, guys. Yes. And now we will murder you. Fuck Germany. Like, that was how that went. <laughs> um, so, kind of a big deal. So this man is aboard the Lusitania. We do not know his name. I there just, is no name. Hold on. I just want to mm. like point out that America's involvement in both wars was because of the sinking of ships. Yeah. It's like somebody had to come and straight up attack us yeah. and kill a lot of people. Before yeah. We were like, all right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 I okay. guess we'll bomb. <laughs> and then we do it big. And then we do it real, real big and we never stop. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I wasn't able to find how this message was recovered and it was never found out who wrote this message, but it was one of the people who died on Lusitania and the message reads still on deck with a few people. The last boats have left. We are sinking fast. Some men near me are praying with a priest. The end is near. Maybe this note will. And that's where it ends. No. The Lusitania sank in 18 minutes. He did not have a lot of time. So no. they think like he saw he had seconds left, shoved the note into a bottle and tossed it. He never got to say, he, he, I'm, I hope this note will. Like he never got to say what it will do. It's so sad. Anyway. You gotta, you gotta not spend as much time on the exposition. Really? Right. Like you gotta be more concise. You're about to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe write your fucking name. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I know, right? I thought you said this was uplifting. Okay, look, it's uplifting after this. This is just the background. (laughs) There are several instances of bottles being cast out by scientists as well, hoping to study like waterways and currents. So they would just like put messages in bottles and toss them everywhere. Scientists just like to throw things at everything. They throw balls into tornadoes. Oh, yeah. Especially like like hundreds of years ago when we didn't really know what was up. We just went... Let's just fucking, yeah, why not? Pollute. Some of these bottles have been found decades later 
with messages requesting that the finder send the bottle back to the lab with the information of where they found it. It's like de- it's so long that there's no way the study's happening anymore, and they'll be like, "Oh, there's a fifty cent reward if we send this in. It's the seventies. I guess we'll, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll send it in. It's really silly." So today I have a couple of stories for you about people using messages in bottles to actually get themselves out of nasty predicaments and not just to say goodbye to the world as they die. One of them is pretty recent. One of them is very recent. That's the one you're aware of. Super recent. So As in like the article I read at the time was only eight hours old. Exactly. And uh, and this happened a couple months ago, but like all of the press about it has been... It's finally caught up. Yeah. It's crazy. This one, however... This one I'm going to tell now is from 2005. Oh. So at the end of May in 2005, 46 Ecuadorian and 40 Peruvian migrants boarded a boat in Puerto uh, Montanita. Montanita? <laughs> it has the Enye. <laughs> Ecuador. Uh, seemingly with the intention of entering the U.S. illegally via Guatemala. I guess. Most of the passengers were male and teenagers, although mm. there were other there were some females and some people of all ages, and they were aboard with a crew of professional people smugglers. Yeah. I don't know if they call them coyotes in every situation, but that's a thing. So as the boat full of over 80 people, Jesus, nears a like small islands near Costa Rica, the boat began to experience some issues. I read reports that it ran out of gas all the way to the engine suddenly died. There was nothing like really solid on what happened to the boat. But as soon as shit went south, the crew, the people smugglers, Mm -hmm. decided to jump ship. Sure. I don't know if they had another smaller boat alongside them or what. They they, might have, but that's pretty common. Yeah. When shit goes south, they just just abandon the people. Exactly. So they jump ship, they get in another smaller boat, and they just drive away. And not only that, but they took all the navigational stuff and the communications equipment yep. with them. Yep. Because they don't want to be found out. They right. don't even want these people left stranded on this boat to be able to contact the outside world. Yeah. It's pretty horrible. Yes. So these 80 people are stranded at sea. They're adrift. Even if they could get the boat going again, they don't know where they're going, and they can't contact anyone. And I don't know if they had provisions. Um, it's possible they had like no more. They than might a have couple, had like basic couple days journey worth yeah. of stuff, water, basic shit. Who knows? Maybe they had nothing. Mm-hmm. People smugglers, if you've ever seen anything about them, don't tend to take care of those people very well. Yep. They charge exorbitant prices. And then they tell you to fuck off yeah. as soon as anything is bad. Yep. So. It's really uplifting. <laughs> it's really uplifting. Look, wait. So <sighs> the people on that boat were there for nine days. Holy shit. Nine days and I have no idea how, like, what they had to eat or anything. Maybe nothing. But we've talked about people being adrift on the ocean. The sun kills you. Yeah. You can't drink the salt water. Start hallucinating. Like, it's bad. It's bad. And it's nine days of 80 fucking people on a boat. I don't know how big this boat was, but it better be fucking huge, because you can't lay down. Like, people are not getting rest. There's a whole bunch of shit that's bad. A president of the Mara Viva organization, I will talk about it in a minute, was interviewed 
for a like news reports a lot. He is like the president of an organization again, Mara Viva, that works to preserve the Cocos Islands, which is the small islands outside of Costa Rica. There are multiple nations that kind of want to help maintain these islands and their pristineness, basically. And he is the lead of this organization that does this. And they get involved. Don't worry about it. So his quote is, Incredibly, it seems like the boat's crew took the equipment, and so these people, who had no sailing experience, wrote the message and placed it inside a bottle. See, what had happened was, on the ninth day, Sunday, May 31st, the abandoned people see a boat. It's a fishing boat, and it has drift lines out. That's all I see in anything I've read. Drift lines. I'm not sure exactly what those are, but what I, from what I understand, they're very long fishing lines cast out very far from their ships, and then they drag underneath the water to catch as many fish as possible. Cheaters. Now, it's important to note, before I get to the rest of this, that that boat called the Rey de Reyes... They spotted this adrift boat, and they called the Coast Guard of Costa Rica. They weren't, like, just not trying to help. They saw these people and were like, okay, we, I think something's wrong. Let's uh, call. Something's up, Let's y'all. try to help. So they called the Coast Guard of Costa Rica, but for whatever reason, the Coast Guard did not have a boat that was available at all Well, to go out and help. I mean... That might be fair. They deal with a lot of drug smuggling. Sure. Like a lot of and drug also, like, smuggling. This, you know, we think of the Coast Guard as being like an American thing, but like they're, all, a lot of countries have them and they're not as uh, rich as ours. Yeah. So like they just don't have the equipment all the time. So unfortunately, nothing happens. Nothing comes from Costa Rica. Thank and you. hours pass and this fishing boat is still out there. Later in the day, it's the end of the day, they start pulling in their lines. And at the end of one of their lines, they see this plastic bottle. It's attached. Like one of them, somebody on the other boat saw that line near theirs enough that they could attach this plastic bottle to it. And in the bottle, the captain takes it, he opens it, and there's a note inside that reads, help, please help us. That's it. And it's like, I think that's just because they know that boat has seen them. They just need to plead a little more, unfortunately. Yeah. So that is when the fishing vessel gets more people involved. Clearly, Costa Rica's whole shit isn't going to work. So they contact Maraviva, this organization that helps upkeep all these small islands. So they bring their own boats on the water, and they come and rescue these 80 people. Virtually everyone on board was dehydrated. Sure. Super hungry. Many yep. were exhibiting, Yeah. Many were exhibiting severe signs of seasickness. Yeah. Like, not good. Like, maybe you weren't cool with a boat for, like, the day it was going to take, and then you're there for nine days. Uh Awful. As someone with very bad motion sickness, I get it. That would be really awful. Absolutely. Oh, God. One of the passengers said, just a little while longer, and we all would have died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a few more days, some people probably would have started dropping. Probably weaker, older. Yeah. Mm From what I can tell, Mara Viva got emergency provisions for these people, and they were kept safe until the governments of Ecuador and Peru were sent messages being like, hey, bring boats. We don't actually... It, Costa Rica is very small and very poor, and we don't actually have a boat that can get all these people back home. Can you send your boats? Send Thanks. your boats, please. Yeah. Um, Gracias. Which, it kind of sucks because uh, those people were trying to leave those countries. <laughs> 
But I'm sure they would prefer to be sent back to those countries rather than die at sea. Literally be left on a boat to yeah. die. Um, so yeah, that's that first story. Those people lived because of a message that they wrote in a plastic bottle that they just happened to have. That just happened to be seen on a fishing line. That's nice. <laughs> There's a lot of kawinky dinks in these. Now this is the one you're aware of. Mm. And I read a few articles, so I'm hoping there are at least some details you didn't see. Just because, for whatever reason, every fucking news source has different shit. Like, yeah. Nothing's consistent. No. Everybody Why thinks be consistent? The, the writers always think different things are important, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So... We'll see. Maybe there's something you haven't heard. This one starts with a quote. It blows me away how perfectly it all came together. What are the odds? Fucking low. Low, Fucking very low. Curtis Whitson and his partner, Crystal Ramirez, and his 13-year-old son, Hunter. I fucking hate that name. (laughs) Sorry, Hunter. It's not your fault. So the three of them went on a hiking trip on Father's Day weekend, 2019. Mm -hmm. That's June of this year. Yep. They were hiking along the Arroyo Seco River. Uh, That's in Central California in a forest near the coast. Probably beautiful. Probably fucking crazy gorgeous, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Curtis had taken over 20 backpacking trips there in his life already. He went, like, every summer for 20 years. He was very comfortable with the area. So the idea was for the family to hike and float down the river for a few days. Wherever it was comfortable to float, they floated. Wherever it was comfortable to hike, they hiked. They were hoping to reach a part they called the Narrows. And it's basically like a canyon where the shit gets real narrow. <laughs> the river is narrow. It's called the Narrows. What? Do you get it? Do you fucking get it? No! Do you get it yet, Emily? Stop! Stop. I'll back up. Hold on. Okay. So it's the, it's so called narrow. the Wides? So narrow is opposite of wide. And what we're looking for is smaller. Oh. Smaller in width. I don't understand the meaning of small. I don't have time to explain. Okay. We'll, Fine. We'll try. We'll try again tomorrow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they're hoping to reach the Narrows, and then they want to float the rest of the way down so they can meet some friends in a couple days. Sounds like a bomb ass time. To be really sure. honest, yeah. The hiking, I could take or leave. The floating sounds awesome. I'm in for the floating. Fuck yeah. I'll deal with the hiking. Yep. Precisely. What and else? these these guys seem like they're like an outdoorsy family. Yeah, I saw which, a picture of them. They're like outdoorsy and like yeah. all like buff and like probably eat kale. Oh my god, yeah. They definitely had kale chips on this trip. Yeah. They're carrying fifty pound backpacks. Yeah, they're they're really fucking bomb ass people. Yeah. They're they're incredible. They're not like us, but we respect them. Yes. After a couple of days of the hike. They reach the Narrows, which unfortunately begins with a 40-foot-high waterfall into a narrow canyon, hence the Narrows, you know, not wide. Mm -hmm. That day, the water was unfortunately very high. It was just kind of a bad time for them. It's been a lot of rain. Yeah. And then, like, a lack of rain. And then a lot of rain. Right. Which um, the earth doesn't handle well. No. Things don't absorb well, and then, yeah, you just get floods and shit. So the water was very high. The volume of water coming over this waterfall already made climbing down very dangerous. Repelling with their own equipment, like the, apparently they're a family that repels down stuff sometimes. Repelling is fun. 
I've never done it. It looks fun as shit. It's super fun. Just don't, like, usually you have to climb before you can repel. Like, sure. I used to do, like, a lot of rock climbing. That makes sense. That, that part sounds hard. Yeah. So repelling with their own equipment that they had brought was not an option. The water rushing right fucking next to them too yeah. much. Yeah. That's not stable. Yeah. But there was usually a rope along the rocks fastened to the side of the waterfall, like like the rocky part, with carabiners. Mm-hmm. And like that is supposed to be always there for helping people just climb down slowly and safely as possible. That's how all hikers get over this specific part of the trail. Curtis was expecting it. He'd used it before. But this time, the rope wasn't there. Curtis says, quote, one bad step or one misjudgment in regards to that strength of that river, and it could have carried us right over the edge, and that would have been it. Mm-hmm. So Curtis and his son start looking for pathways up and over, any way down other than this, this straight fucking vertical drop, but they're headed into a canyon. So yeah. it's no. not good. Right. Even the way they came was kind of impossible to get through in the opposite direction because they'd floated that way. Yeah, trying to go upstream, especially like when the water's high. Yeah, no. Is, it, uh-uh. mean, it means that hiking trails probably aren't really a thing nope. after a certain period of time. And then, yeah, you can't float upriver. Fighting so. a current that goes down into a waterfall. Yes. Oh, my God. So strong. <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. I tried it once. Never again. That sounds awful, dude. One slip. One slip. Not good. Awful. Don't do it. So suffice it to say, this family is completely fucking stuck. Yeah. Like, they are on all sides stuck. They could hear, down the canyon, voices of other hikers. But they couldn't see anyone. They didn't know where they were. They hadn't actually seen anyone the entire trip. Which is a little creepy, because you're like, who the fuck do we even go to? Yeah, you see, like, I love the idea of being out in the woods. But if you never see a person for, like, two and a half days... It's... Where are you? I can't. I can't. It's too much. It's terrifying. I think there's going to be a serial killer, and then there's just... Or just a fucking bear. Or just a bear. My friend almost hit a bear. It ran across the road. Oh, Jesus. The wilderness is scary. The wilderness is scary. You never know what's coming for you. It will try to kill you. Yeah. We've talked about it. Oh, yeah. A lot. <laughs> it's one of our main it's things. scary. <laughs> so they tried screaming for help toward these voices they could hear. Which is smart. Yes, absolutely. But things no one could echo. hear them. Yes. The echo you would think, but also I think over the water that mm. they're right next to, no one can hear them. Fuck that water. Yeah, for real. They even tried carving a message into a stick and throwing it over the falls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure, like, as soon as somebody let go of that stick, they were like, that is not going to work. <laughs> That's not. Uh-uh. <laughs> we need to do something else. <laughs> that, that was the it's worst like, idea we've ever had. A moment of silence for the stick, just <laughs> watching it go and just being like, like it's going to no, break apart. Uh, that we're smarter than this, guys. We have to be smarter than this or we're dead. Yeah. So the stories I've read say, weirdly enough, that Curtis spotted a lime green Nalgene bottle. I assumed he had it with him. I had too. I had assumed they'd had it. According to a lot of these things, he spotted it. Like it was just there. It was out on the trail somewhere. Well, for once, thank you, litter person. Right? 
So he takes this really brightly colored Nalgene bottle. It's fucking bottle. bright. It's, it is. It, it's like a beacon. Like if you yeah. were to look at it, light hits it in any way, it glows. It's one the of those. The beacons of Gondor have been lit. Yes. So that's even more lucky that they just found one that does that. So he picks it up, realizing he has a lucky break, and he starts carving help into the side of the bottle. Yeah. Crystal, his partner, happened to have an old bar tab on her. I had read that they she had it because of like games they were yes. planning on playing. That's exactly it. She yeah. was keeping scrap paper to keep score of games they were yeah. playing, which is super cute. That's so cute. It makes me think this is probably the cutest family of and all they're time. They're probably like really functional. Yeah, and like, like they go happy on... and they go camping together. It's so great, and the kid probably doesn't even like like He's get shitty like, about yeah. it because he's cool too. And they all just like play little family. And I'm games. really happy they were okay. Same seas. Yeah, because um spoiler alert, they survive. This is this podcast. So shocked. So Crystal pulls out this old bar tab that she has that she hasn't used yet to keep score of stuff. And she writes a message, which reads six fifteen nineteen, which is the date. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Because if you just throw, throw some shit, when 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 was it yeah. from? Yeah. You don't know. But that was the date. And the message said, We are stuck here at the waterfall. Get help. Please. Manners. Right? They put the note in the bottle, and according to Chris, with one lucky toss, it went right over the waterfall. They also, in, like, yeah, the carving in the water bottle and, like, all of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He wrote help on, like, Mm -hmm. multiple sides. Yeah. They, like, carved it into the water bottle. Yep. So there was nothing left for them to do after that but wait and hope that help would arrive. They stopped a little further upstream. They sort of turned back a little bit as far as they could go to a small beach where they had sat and had lunch earlier that day. Uh, Just to give you an idea of like what this trek was like, they floated from that beach to where they got stuck in mm-hmm. two minutes. It took them over half an hour to hike back. Like, it's, it's rough terrain. It's not great. So because they're just killing it, though, like they're not done being really good survivors. Because they also, once they get to where they're going to set up camp, they set down this small blue tarp on the beach, and they spelled out SOS in rocks. Aww. Yeah. And the family started a campfire. and then they Smart. S- yes. And then they stayed there until dark, and even when they fell asleep, they left it burning. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be visible. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Yep. So Because you would think over, like, national parks... They usually have like park rangers and rescue teams still like in helicopters, just out. Like you never know what could happen. You have to be visible regardless. Yeah. It's very, very smart. So sometime after midnight, the family has fallen asleep and they wake up to the sound of a helicopter overhead and a voice saying, this is search and rescue. You have been found, which duh. (gasps) Like, yeah, 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 they've been found, obviously. Oh. But that must be the best thing to hear. Yeah. Like, just, so, like, all of us, you were so scared for so long. Anything could have happened. And there they are. They're getting rescued. And it's it's just only like, been a few hours. On the flip side of that, like, it's so nice for Search and Rescue to be able to bring back living people. Because there's oh my God, so I'm many sure. stories on the internet of, like, body recoveries from Search and Rescue. Oh, my God. I believe that. And just how hard that job is. 100%. That is awful. Yeah. For them to be like, oh, my God, we found hey, these people. they're alive. Hell, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. So what happened was... <laughs> Did it go in your nose? 
<laughs> Emily was taking a drink when I said that. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. It burns. Oh. So, okay. Oh my god. All right. So <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> I think it was, I leaned all the way <laughs> into did, you. <laughs> so what happened was two hikers, different hikers, a quarter of a mile downstream, so they're in the canyon, spotted the bottle, this Nalgene bottle that glows. <laughs> so weird that they spotted it. But as soon as they spotted that they plucked it out of the water, they read the message inside and they headed to the nearest campground to alert emergency services. The California Highway Patrol then sent up a chopper and used infrared goggles to spot the heat of the campfire, which is so cool. That is yeah. so fucking cool. They also like apparently had to hike like two or three miles back to the campsite yeah. to even alert anyone. Yeah. Like they fucking went out of their way mm-hmm. to make sure these people were found. It's true. Yeah. Those hikers were not headed back to this campsite. No. They just had to go. They were like, holy shit. Like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Here we go. They hiked just right out of their way. It's true. Um, it, They are like not. We don't know their names. We don't know their names it's yet. It's really tragic, actually. It's probably going to come out in the next like month. I really hope so. Um, The press is very determined yes it seems like it every single feel good one. stories right now oh, yeah please who are these heroes mm-hmm. let's talk about them can we please talk about these people yes so i love like they have they have night vision goggles they have infrared oh, yeah. like just to be able to see people so it's midnight and they've still found them yeah quote from todd brether of the california highway patrol they were really out of options if they hadn't gotten the message out that way it might have been a while They could have been out there for who knows how long. But the fact that they sent that message out and somebody found that within a couple of hours is incredible. The family was officially rescued the next morning when another helicopter was eventually able to airlift them to safety. They couldn't do it at night. Yeah. They came back. and too dangerous to try and do that shit. Absolutely. But everything was fine the next day. You got to be able to see the moving water around you. Right. Uh, This is a quote from Hunter. Aw. I know. Stuff like that only happens in movies, really. Seeing, like, an actual message in a bottle be the reason somebody actually got saved is just mind-blowing to me. The... I know, right? The two hikers have not, as we were saying, been identified. Curtis himself said he is looking for them. He would specifically like to know who helped save him and his family. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That's a couple of stories of messages in a bottle actually saving people's fucking lives. Really weirdly recently. <laughs> like, I was looking and I was like, I bet there's going to be some weird fucking 1800s. No, 2005 and this year. I saw it on my, like, Google News and I was like, oh, fuck. Right? Crazy. Insane. Yeah, I'm, I saw it come up on my Facebook and I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I was so happy to yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, that's just, that is the kind of thing that makes me think like, there's a lot of things you can do if you are stranded somewhere. Mm-hmm. Those things may amount to nothing. But, but you don't know if they're going yes. to amount to nothing unless you try them. Yes. So you might as well. Like these people did, like Curtis and his family, like do everything. Make the SOS out of rocks. Fucking throw the message in the bottle. Fucking start the campfire. 
everything and anything could help you at any time. Yeah. Do everything you can. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Did, <gasps> did that end on a light enough note for you that it makes sense? I'm still mad, but yes. Okay, yeah. No, I'm still mad, too. I'm still mad about Martha. It's just my perfectual state. Yeah, I'm not really sure I'll ever be done being mad about Martha. I just don't know if I'm ever going to be done being mad. Or generally, absolutely. I don't... Um, we started a podcast that <laughs> makes us mad. It's yeah. a problem. <laughs> We're real smart. We're so smart. Oh. Why did we stop talking about bears? We talked about bears in this episode. We did. <gasps> we actually mentioned bears. Oh. If only we could have mentioned fjords. Mm. I did not talk about masturbating in front of said bears, which is still an option. No. I just want everyone Please to know don't. many, many, many episodes no. later. That it's still an option to masturbate in front of a bear okay, for survival. Technically, <laughs> technically, it is an option when you're stuck in a blizzard and there's yeah. a bear outside in the car. car. Yeah. In a blizzard. Well, you masturbate really to keep yourself warm, but also you sort of hope that the bear is just creeped out and he leaves. <laughs> hey, I think the... Um, this fucking Maddie Light <laughs> strawberry lemonade shit has fucked with my whole persona. <laughs> I, I feel different. <laughs> Damn you. Damn you. I told you we were going to do it someday. Oh my God. I just had right. to find a 12 pack. I wasn't buying a 30 pack. Although apparently the 30 pack would have been a safe bet. Real shit. Um, speaking of which, if you ever have... Um, other suggestions for bullshit, terrible, awful things that will ruin our night that we should drink while we do this podcast, then please let us know. We would love to know. Yeah. Are they making other flavors of Natural Probably. Light? <laughs> I'm going to finish the rest of this fucking Natty Light. And all of our listeners, who are so great for sticking with us this whole time, should just, I don't know, maybe drink their own Natty Lights, maybe drink their own, I don't, are you, what are you drinking right now? You better be drinking. This is a bad podcast to listen to sober. <laughs> Please be drinking. In the meantime, you should be a little bit like Martha. Yeah. And you should be a little bit like Curtis. Yeah. And his family. And, um, oh man, what is that thing we say? Oh, yeah. Don't forget your pail of water. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. Do you want to do you want to correct me? Do you want to correct me? On that, that felt so wrong. <laughs> do you want to correct me on it? You could say it right, baby. No. Do you want to say it right? No. Say it, Emily. You can't make me. Emily, say it. No. Emily, say it. I got a dip dip potato chip. God damn it. Don't forget your can, can, <laughs> can of water. God damn it. <laughs> Emily, everybody can't can't go listen to the Moulin Rouge Broadway soundtrack. No, what the fuck?